This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here your hosts, Mark and Mike. Uh, time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, is back. This first segment sponsored by our friends at the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. Mike Bradley joins me now. Hey there. Hey, Mark. Well, week one in the books, buddy. <laughs> so. Yeah, I tell you, it snuck up on us. It was just a busy summer, I guess, uh, on our behalf. Uh, but, yeah, we had some great week one matchups, and uh, it was good. I, I didn't feel like I needed a preseason, even though we, we do get one uh, with the preview show. But, uh, yeah, things rolled uh, pretty well on Friday night. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny that uh, things went chalk except for a couple where – you know, I, I think in your picks, you picked uh, Easton over Kent Island, and uh, you can find those picks every week at ShoresportsMD.com. And, and I think I think you got them all right this week. And the only two that could have, I think, gone either way was the Easton-Kent Island game and the Queen Anne-North Caroline game. Everything else was chalk. Well, I got the Kent County game wrong. That was okay. the only – so I'm going 6-1. That was the only one – that uh, I did not get correct, but I agree. Those are the two that had the biggest, uh, the biggest chances of going either way. Although I, I still felt pretty confident, Ken Island. Yeah, I, I, admittedly, and this is a credit, of course, to North Carolina. I was not, even though they're my preseason number one, I was not as confident uh, week one because you never know with Queen Anne's at home, and obviously they had to come from behind to win. But when you've got Arguably the best running back in the Bayside. If you give him the rock uh, four quarters, he's going to win you some games, and he did the other night for the Lions. You know, I'm kind of surprised you actually. Let's start with that Kent County game. Bo Manor walloped them 48 nothing, And uh, I tell you, that's uh, not a good start for, I think, the Kent County program. No, and Coach Ferragamo, I believe it was, told me that he didn't believe Bo Manor was very good at all. And Kent County has 12 seniors. They have 37 players, Mark. Now, I don't think they have a JV. You can back me up on that. So that's part part of the reason. But still, those are the biggest numbers that they've had in a long, long time. Uh, Granted, not all those guys are necessarily playing, but still. um, But, no, it, it, it wasn't. I know it was a road game. Now, they do have new offensive and defensive systems. Um, but well, we didn't get a chance to talk to Coach. We will certainly this Friday about it. Um, but yeah, not the start that they wanted, and they'll need to uh, they'll need to come back strong this week. But it's not going to be easy. Uh, no, it's not because they're going to be playing host to Easton on Friday night. That'll be a six thirty kickoff. Speaking of Easton, why don't we go ahead and look at them? That was our overtime live Preston Ford game of the week, and. Easton came out, jumped out to a 14-0 lead. Then Casey Heath uh, picked up uh, one of two touchdowns on the night for him. But Kevin O'Connor and company just proved to be too much as Easton won 35-14. Well, and that, look, I, I felt good about Easton on Friday night because they were at home to begin with. 
but they have O'Connor, who's one of the top three quarterbacks. He's a multi-purpose guy. He can run. He can throw. You've got Matt Griffith back as head coach that can further elevate his game because Griffith is such a good offensive coach and obviously a good head coach himself as well, but offense is his specialty. And then, you know, certainly the amount of weapons there and the kind of offense that's run anyway, there's some continuity, so there wasn't a major, a major overhaul of the offense necessarily. Um, so I, that's why I felt good about it. And Ken Island had a lot of guys graduating. They lost some key pieces. I know that's nothing new for Coach Sofanowski, um, but still I, I just felt like Easton, at least at this point, and with their style, I just felt like they, uh, they're the better team right now. It may not be that way at the end of the year, but I just felt like uh, Easton had the advantage, and um, especially at the quarterback position. But, you know, really, <clears throat> the kudos go to the Easton defense as much as anything, though. Yeah, you know, I was talking with Easton's offensive coordinator, Brandon Pfeiffer, after the game, and we were talking about the line. And, of course, then, you know, talking with the defensive coordinator, and Jake Fowler, who he coaches up the D-line. You know, Sofanowski said it himself after the game that they were just dominated at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I think that was a little surprising for me, but uh, they were able to get it done. Well, that was surprising because Ken Island uh, last year had a really good offensive line. I know they graduated some key guys, but I believe they've got their center back and at least one other guy on that line. So you, you, it is surprising there. But, hey, give credit to Easton. And hey, I, that, that's something that I did say is that, you know, Easton's defense would need to come up stout against Casey Heath in that running game because Ken Island could, you know, end up taking up huge chunks of time and keeping that Easton offense on the sideline. So Easton's defense was going to be as integral a part of this game you know, as Easton's offense was in terms of scoring. And, hey, they, they, they really came through. And uh, I know that uh, they have to be thrilled. Again, long way to go. I, I know the whole narrative is, well, these aren't the same teams now that they'll be later in the year. But I, I get it. But but don't take away from the fact that it's still a big win against a, a good program. And, you know, now that you're down to nine games from ten, you know, these games are magnified more. So, uh, and plus you put all that time in, you want to get that first win of the season coming off summer camp. Ken Island's going to need to get more out of their quarterback, McAndrews, as well in the passing game. Uh, was yeah. not very effective this past Friday night. He'll get another shot this Friday night against Colonel Richardson. I, I'm not sure they're going to need it. We'll talk about that Colonel Richardson game coming up here in just a moment. Uh, this segment sponsored by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. You know, that, that Ken Island contest, uh, you know, with Easton, seven touchdowns scored. I love it because the Joseph W. McCartan Insurance touchdown tally, uh, they're up to $350 to help uh, alleviate childhood hunger here on the shore. They're going to be donating $50 for every touchdown scored this year uh, to uh, you know a local charity organizations through Midshore Communities Foundation and uh, to help alleviate child hunger on childhood hunger here on the shore. And I just think that is amazing. And we're off to a great start. Uh, certainly are. And uh, I know that uh, you may mention it several times in the broadcast. It's like, hey, 
there's uh, there's another amount of money to be donated. This is great. I mean, it's not only great for the broadcast, for our listeners, and for you guys, you know, doing the game, but it's great that it also has uh, much more meaning and, and impact in the community. Yep, and uh, we should get some more touchdowns this week as Ken Island travels to Colonel Richardson. Colonel's coming off a loss as well. They lost to Seaford 41-14 from the Henlopen Conference. And uh, it's also going to be our second straight overtime live Kona Ice tailgate party. So you'll want to get to Colonel Richardson a little early. Uh, Five o'clock, Kona Ice is going to start serving up those free samples of the delicious shaved ice that they have. And, of course, uh, you'll be able to buy Kona Ice throughout the night there at the football game as well. But the weather's still warm, so it's great Kona Ice season. But Colonel Richardson and Ken Island both coming into this game 0-1. But uh, Colonel Richardson's got some things to fix as well. Well, they do. And first, it's great that we're doing a game at Colonel. It's been a long time since we've done it. And I, I think the last, were... I, I think the last game we did there was where I think we had to put light bulbs in the scoreboard. It was an Easton Colonel Richardson game. Right, right. No, that's <laughs> right. And uh, they deserve some love and attention after the year that they had last year. Although they graduated a lot of guys. Um, but, yeah, I, in talking with Coach Jackson, and, look, Seaford was a tough opponent to kick off the season against. They had a lot of returning uh, players on that team, including their quarterback and a team that went to the playoffs and a program that's being rejuvenated by Mark Quillen. Uh, and the fact that Delaware's gone Division One, Two, II, and Three, and and matching up uh, teams that have not been as good over the years to try to you know boost them up and and keep it in competitive uh, competitive divisions instead of uh, divisions where uh, they they may get the doors blown out every week. Um, it's a good Blue Jays program, but you know Coach Jackson just said we just weren't good anywhere. Uh, that we have so much to have to clean up. Uh, so that uh, we'll see how much progress they make from week one to week two. But, you know, they don't get much of an opportunity to turn around and kind of ease back into things to play Seaford. But then to have a hungry Kent Island team, though, obviously not happy about the result from the other night. That's going to be a tough matchup for the Colonels. But as Coach Jackson said, we had a tough start to the schedule last year. We took our lumps. And then when we got into 1A, we thrived. And it looks like that may be the same case here again this season. Yeah, no doubt, because uh, they will get a 1A opponent until week three when they host Washington uh, on the 16th. Let's move on to another game. Uh, Cambridge South Dorchester, whose games you can uh, hear, they finally announced it, I think, Friday. Uh, <laughs> you can hear Cambridge South Dorchester games on uh, WAAI 100.9. I'm assuming John Tomey is back. They lost the other night to Milford by the score of 32-6. to And a tough start for Toby Peer and company. It was, but Coach Peer was actually very positive and said we didn't beat ourselves. They were just the better team. And uh, Milford's got some really good offensive linemen, one of whom's going to Duke, but he said there were some other guys that they had as well. And I believe they had three returning running backs and a couple receivers. But he, uh, he was pretty positive and optimistic about it. And I think in the same way with Colonel, it's, hey, we're going to take our lumps. And, and remember, this was not a matchup that he scheduled. He inherited these two games uh, prior to him coming to Cambridge. So he may not schedule them again uh, into their future, but he, uh, he remained optimistic. He said that uh, he thought that they have had a really good camp. Uh, the guys are uh, more in tune with their schematics and what they're looking to do and uh, had a good offseason. So he was pretty positive about things. And, 
you know, we'll just learn from it and move forward. But, you know, as you know, Mark, it's one thing to lose because of mental mistakes, but it's another thing to lose simply because the other team is just physically better than you are. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they're going to be traveling to Snow Hill this coming week. They'll have a Thursday night contest at 6 o'clock at Snow Hill. Uh, It'll be one of two Thursday night contests this week. So uh, Toby Perrin Company, yeah, they can probably uh, pick up a win this week. But at the same time, uh, you know, Snow Hill didn't look so bad. I mean, their game with Parkside, it was 12-12 at one time before Parkside ended up going on a 43-point run to pick up that win on uh, Friday night, 55-12. Yeah, I think Parkside just wore him down, but you're right. Uh, Snow Hill's quarterback scored twice early on to keep that game competitive. They got performances from uh, you know four or five guys, but specifically three guys uh, who had a big uh, who had a big night, including Brian Waters. Talking with Mike Bradley and Mark Potter here as we recap the weekend that was in the high school football week one. This next segment sponsored by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. And, you know, we were just talking about Parkside and how good they looked. They're going to be hosting J.M. Bennett this coming uh, Friday night at 6 o'clock there at Wicomico County Stadium. And and J.M. Bennett lost early in the day, in fact, uh, to uh, Decatur. Decatur beat them 43-13. Decatur, I mean, J.M. Bennett, another team that's got a first-year head coach. Well, they do, and Greg Lisinski, so he's no stranger to the Bayside having coached at Washington. And, uh, yeah, again, that's a tough start for the Clippers. I mean, in fact, you've got their third head coach in four or five years, uh, which means another system. Even though they're a 3A school, they got hit by COVID and and a lack of, I think, of – of, of I say spirit for the football team, but a lack of interest in the football team. You know, Coach uh, Coach Hugh Gibson had an outstanding 2018, and he had some pretty good seasons prior to that. But 19 in his final year, they went three and seven. So the the program lost some luster there, and then you get 2020 where you get COVID and 21, and so the program has just been hit hard by a number of different factors, and he's trying to rejuvenate that program. And they still don't have the numbers that they need. But I will say Coach Coleman, I know we'll get to Decatur in a second, but Coach Coleman did say that he felt like they looked like a, a much improved team from the previous year. But there's still a lot of work to be done at, at James M. Bennett right now. Yeah, and of course, uh, Dustin Mills was the previous head coach there who stepped aside to spend a little more time with his family. And we kind of miss Dustin. Maybe we can bring him in on a couple of broadcasts this year because uh, uh, he is a character for sure. Yeah, another first-year head coach. Um, well, let's talk about Decatur real quick. Uh, Bryson yeah. Coleman, Coach Coleman's son, is the quarterback, and he was originally slated to stay at wide receiver because, let's face it, that's where he's being recruited from. But sometimes team needs rule out. And uh, he stepped in at quarterback, and you know he he's a serviceable quarterback. I mean, he went to the QB factory a lot, and I, I think he's a serviceable quarterback that can get the job done. 
Yeah, I, I mean, a couple of things. First off, you know, growing up in rec ball and all that, he, he, he was a quarterback, and he, he loved the position and all that. And it was really the case that when he came in as a freshman at Decatur that they had Ashton Snellsire already who was better, so that's why I went to wide receiver. And he, he just happened to excel there at wide receiver and do really well. So and, and he served as the backup the last couple of seasons. So it's not as if he didn't get reps there or that it's a position that is brand new to him. So I think that, that needs to be understood. Now, is he Ashton Snow sire? He's not. And, and Coach will be the first to, to, to say that to you. But, I, Mark, I certainly agree that uh, he can be uh, you know, probably more than serviceable for them. Um, but, yeah, they do take a knock with him having to leave receiver to go to quarterback. But this is a team, though, that they've got about 40 on the roster, but about half the team mark, if not a little over half, primarily sophomores and freshmen. So this is a team that will may have some growing pains against the tougher competition, um, but uh, certainly not to skip ahead to next year already, but I'll go ahead and do it. Uh, this is a team that, you know, in future years to come, they are going to have a lot of experience and talent. Uh, but this year's team is still going to be pretty darn solid. Obviously, they're very well coached. Um, and we'll see. Uh, oh, and don't forget, they've got uh, the former Fort Hill head coach, uh, Todd Apple, who's uh, running the defense now, and Apple just happened to one win, oh, I don't know, four or five state championships. Right. Yeah, he's definitely a capable coach. This next segment sponsored by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank, serving the midshore for over 120 years. Convenient online and in-person banking, plus they have money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. Another first-year head coach in Washington, and uh, they took on Y High in a Saturday matinee, and it was all Y High in that one, 64 nothing. So you have to wonder, is Y High that good, or was Washington that bad? Well, I'd say it's more Y High is that good. And they, they still return a, a fair amount of talent, and they are. And, you know, I really could have made them my preseason number one, Maybe I should have, with all due respect to Queen Anne's. I mean, what I have, QA number two. But they still have a lot of talent, including their quarterback, Darius Foreman, and Malik Leatherberry. And they still have some pretty good linemen. And even though Coach Colleton, and I, look, that's a big loss. Uh, he's now at Salisbury University as a wide receivers coach. Um, coach, uh, uh, coach Taylor is very happy with his new O-line coach. It feels like he's done a really good job. And, uh, yeah, Wicomico is the real deal, and, and they are going to be – uh, you know, certainly a program to uh, to contend with, and would not uh, be surprised to see them make a deep run in the playoffs. Well, they've got a tough one this week. Uh, the other Thursday night game at six o'clock, North Carolina traveling to County Stadium to take on a Y High squad. North Carolina looking for their first win. They had a win in the books at Queen Anne's this past Friday night. Up 16-7, they gave up a touchdown, and uh, then Queen Anne's was going to try it with a field goal attempt, and, and I don't think it was a short one. And uh, North Carolina jumped off sides, I believe, and that gave them a first down. Queen Anne's goes on to score a touchdown, the third touchdown of the day for K.J. Smothers, and they come from behind in the fourth quarter to win 20-16. to Heartbreaking for North Carolina, but Queen Anne's has to worry a little bit as well, I think. Uh, yeah, well, I think it goes both ways. I mean, certainly, I think if you're Queen Anne's, you expected North Carolina, especially week one, to come in and give you 
a tough game. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, you know, Queen Anne's is still pretty – you know, they're still young enough. Uh, even though they have some key returners, they're still young enough that – uh, that's uh, another learning experience for them. But they struggled on the offensive line uh, at the guard positions. They ended up bringing in a sophomore at one of the tackle spots, and he ended up doing a really good job for them. So I assume maybe they bumped one of their tackles inside uh, to help out there and make adjustments. North Carolina was blitzing the heck out of them uh, and daring them to throw the football in the first half. But they made adjustments, and they got it done at the end of the day. So, I, you know, I, I guess you could look at it and say, yeah, a little, uh, maybe a little concerning, but I, I didn't really get the feeling that that's how Al Waters looked at it. He looked at it like, hey, we're still young in some areas. We made adjustments. That's a good North Carolina team. Uh, that's a good week one win for us. And for Caroline, that is a heartbreaker. But I think it does go to show that if you were counting Caroline out for any reason this year, that uh, you, you better take it step back and realize that, you know, this is still a well-coached program, even though they've got a, a ton of new assistants. Uh, they've got a very athletic uh, quarterback who can run and throw and that uh, they're going to be uh, a team to reckon with. And it'll be really interesting to see how they bounce back and respond against Wicomico in that game. But I tell you, to be battle-tested after week one and then to go to Wicomico, uh, you know, that I think that, that gives Caroline – I'm not saying an advantage, but it it, gives, it does give them an advantage going into the game as compared to Wicomico playing Washington. McCormick has had a lot of success against Wicomico, especially in big games. You talked to him on Friday night in our post-game show. What did McCormick have to say about his kids' efforts on Friday night? No, he was real happy with it. Uh, he was certainly very happy with it. He tipped his cap to, to, to K.J. Smothers and, uh, he uh, he was not down on it. it just uh, unfortunately, a, t- a tough second half where they gave up a couple of late scores. Uh, but they, I don't know that you could be. I don't know that you could do any better in having a 16-7 lead on the road against Queen Anne's, considered one of the top programs in the in the Bayside. So he uh, no, he was pretty optimistic and positive all in all. But uh, there's no uh, there's no time to cry about it though. You got to turn around. You got Wicomico on the road. Uh, on a uh, on a short week. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I'm sure they went back to work on Saturday uh, morning for practice. So, you know, when we sit here and we look at all of the uh, uh, reps, the North Carolina at Y high game, had that been played on Friday night, that definitely would have been our overtime live Preston Ford game of the week. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the one thing going in, That'll be a great matchup as both quarterbacks. But I think with the Wicomico quarterback in that maybe two years ago, he wasn't much of a passer. He's shown to be a good enough passer, and he's improved in that area in Darius Foreman that that is a threat. Even though running the football is their main bread and butter, just like North Carolina, both teams can throw the football if need be. You know, Wyhigh's got some pretty good weapons still. We'll have to see about North Carolina not as familiar with their weapons on the outside of wide receiver, uh, but that's an aspect that you have to consider that they're not just a one-dimensional team, but yeah, a phenomenal matchup, and these games early in the season uh, will uh, certainly determine a lot. Uh, but I expect North Carolina will give them a really good game. I mean, I, you know, the, the defense, North Carolina's defense, is going to have their work cut out for them, 
no question. But, hey, they go up against that offense in practice every day. So they get good practice there every, every day. When we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of other sports. That's next right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hi folks, David Wilson Jr. of the Preston Automotive Group here. Did you know that we can deliver your vehicle straight to your home or office? You can view and purchase vehicles from Preston's complete inventory online at PrestonMotor.com. Preston Automotive Group is here to ensure you get exactly what you've been looking for. We can even custom order select brands straight from the source. Integrity, urgency, teamwork, personal growth, attention to detail, community. These are the core values we live by here at the Preston Automotive Group. We're family, friends, and professionals. Visit us online at PrestonMotor.com to get started today. Time out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley along with you. And uh, Mike's uh, on the Chinchek Sports Locker Hotline today. Is uh, it, It's a busy day as we get ready for uh, upcoming week's games. And uh, this segment sponsored by Perret and Moy Therapy Associates located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perret and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. Policies. Step away from the pain by calling Brett Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. So, Mike, uh, we'll get back to football here in just a little bit. But first, I want to uh, talk about Saints Peter and Paul. Uh, you know, I coached basketball there, and full disclosure, I coached girls basketball there for four years. And while there, I always asked for them to uh, create a volleyball team. And and numbers are what they are. I mean, they have field hockey and soccer that they play in the spring there. And uh, this year they did add a volleyball team. And uh, St. Peter and Paul's volleyball team competed in their very first contest against an IAAM school in Key School. And they swept them three games to none, did the Sabres. So quite the way to open the season. Yeah, you're not kidding. And look, anytime a program can expand the offerings of sport, that is a great thing. And uh, I know that at my high school at Calvert Hall, we, we had a volleyball about 10, 12 years ago, and it's, it's very popular. Didn't have it there when I went there. Uh, but, no, that is great to see. And, again, I think that that shows that there is a continued commitment uh, from both public and private schools on the shore uh, to continue to, to have strong athletic programs and keep the good athletes here on the shore instead of them programs that have bigger offerings. Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right because that's what has you know happened in previous years. Uh, you know, folks would just say, well, you know what, uh, volleyball volleyball is big here on the shore. I mean, especially when you look and you go against teams such as uh, uh, the uh, North Carolina. Queen Anne's has been strong. Ken Island has been strong. And so to see them able to compete and pick up a 10-game schedule even, uh, they aren't going to be playing according to their schedule. They're not playing a single Bayside school. All of theirs is going to be uh, played against uh, Easy Act schools and uh, a couple of IAM schools and uh, Indian Creek out of Delaware. So that's, that kind of surprises me a little bit that uh, no Bayside schools would pick them up. But uh, I guess, hey... Uh, the schedules are set, so 
but uh, well, they may be they may be waiting for the for that program to become a little bit more established uh, before adding them to the schedule. It may be a competition thing, but I'm sure down the line they will. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope anyway. Uh, of course, uh, field hockey, Ken Island. They they don't waste any time getting their season started. They're they're up there, you know, and off and running. They traveled to Berlin to take on Decatur on uh, Friday, and they came away with a 5-2 victory, making Carpenter and company leading the way there. She scored two goals in that one, but a nice way to start the field hockey season. I, I think Ken Island and Queen Anne are your two favorites when it comes to that sport, and it'll be interesting to see how the Bayside season plays out. Uh, you know, Queen Anne and I think Ken Island are tops. Uh, Easton scrimmaged uh, Holly Grove last week. They looked really good. But I don't know that they have what it takes to uh, step to the next level just yet. And the same can be said. North Carolina is uh, rebuilding again uh, with the field hockey program. And, you know, I'm hearing good things out of uh, Ridgely up on the ridge there that uh, they're looking better. But again, I think they're going to have to take baby steps as well. Well, if anybody has a pipeline to Ridgely, it would be you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that, that, that pipeline's drying up, though, it seems. So uh, the golf season's underway. Uh, last week, Queen Anne's picked up a one-stroke win over Ken Island, and then North Carolina finished third. But I want to talk real quick. Uh, that North Carolina has a female golfer, Tamron Brandt, that is absolutely amazing. Um, she finished second in stroke play last week, uh, I believe, to Nick Smith. I think the kid's name was from Queen Anne, a guy. And she finished second, one stroke under par. He was two strokes under par. But this girl is going to be one to watch here uh, as the Bayside golf season goes you know, on as well. Uh, they'll play again coming up this Thursday. Uh, will the North Bayside teams the uh, South Bayside teams are in action on Tuesday. Well, Mark, where do they? Uh, where do the Bayside North and South? Where do they play their golf matches? Uh, they're they're scattered all over. Each school has golf courses that they work with. Uh, last gotcha. week, the North Bayside teams opened up at uh, River Marsh Golf Club there in Cambridge at the Hyatt. Okay, nice. Yeah, very nice. So they play. Yeah, they play deal. nine hole. They play nine hole contests. The uh, South Bay okay. side, you know, they they play a lot over in the uh, Ocean View and Decatur area, you know, Berlin areas. There's a lot of nice golf courses out there. Oh, uh, there's seventeen, I believe it is, golf courses in that area. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but but that is good stuff. Uh, this uh, next segment is sponsored by our friends at an Optical Galleria. You know, they've created a uh, sunglass line known as hook optics you've heard me talk about them all the time they are an amazing fit for heads of all sizes including my big head and uh, have a variety of colored polarized lenses whether you want a plastic lens or a glass lens they can take care of you you can find them at an optical galleria in the teal marsh plaza in west ocean city on west water street in downtown centerville and in downtown easton on harrison street stop by try on a new pair of sunglasses if you need glasses, regular eyewear, let me tell you, they are the place to go. They treat you like family. Check them out online at eisenart.net or hookoptics.com. So here we are, and uh, let's talk about this week's games. We did a little bit, um, and we're going to go with uh, talk a little bit about your power pole. Last week, uh, you had uh, Queen Anne's one. 
Easton was five. And, and I know how much you wrestled last week with choosing your top five, especially going back and forth and, and really diving deep and talking to the coaches and trying to find as much info. You know, I mean, you had four different teams, number one last week before you finally settled on Queen Anne. So who's going to be number one this week? Well, you'll have to go to shortsportsmd.com <laughs> later in the week to find out. But I'll say this. If I had to have done it over again, I would have potentially, you know, and this is this is now just looking back and it's easy to do. I, I may have put Wicomico 1, Queen Anne's 2. I really wanted to put Easton 3, Decatur 4, Kent Island 5. And maybe I would have put Kent Island 4 and Decatur 5, but I think that may have been a little bit better. But based on what North Carolina did, though, even though they lost, you got to – give them some love, so that makes it difficult for this week's poll uh, with them. Uh, but, you know, having these good head-to-head matchups so early on certainly gives you uh, some indication early on as compared to having, uh, you know, matchups where you have the top teams against not-so-good teams and you really don't learn much, you know, from that. I, I don't know that there was uh, much change from the bottom half, but the top half remains – you know, very interesting. And, you know, we talk about uh, Queen Anne's and the game that they got, and you look at North Carolina, and uh, they're going to be, as I mentioned, can they be sneaky good? I don't know that there's such a thing with that program. You look at Decatur with their youth, you know, and, and with Easton, can Easton continue what they did? Um, I, yeah, it just it makes it awfully difficult, Mark. But, yeah, I did go through several iterations for sure, and, yeah, it's, it's not one thing. It's a mixture of who's back, but you're right. It's about hearing from the coaches, talking to other coaches. Some of it's a gut feeling, too, and a little bit of um, projection on my part as to what I think uh, will happen. And it's not perfect, but, uh, you know, I'd like, to, I'd like to say that, you know, because we've been doing this long, not to sound arrogant, I'd like to say that we have a better idea and a better feel of things than maybe others do just because we've been doing it longer. I, I agree, and uh, nobody works harder, that's for sure, at uh, diving deep into Bayside football action than you do, Mike Bradley, and then we appreciate that as well because it's not anything you take lightly. I mean, you treat it like it's you know, college and NFL. I Yeah, I mean, I do really wrestle with it back and forth. And I know, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, some people will use it as, as fodder for a bulletin board material, but none of it is meant, you know, and, and that's fine, and I think it's fun and all that, but none of it's meant to be, oh, well, you're slighting us or you're anti. You, I mean, Mark, you know that's certainly not the case. I want all these teams to do well. You know, but, you know, i got to put pen to paper, if you will, at some point. So, you know, some people may not be happy with it, and that's completely fine. It's one person's opinion. But I appreciate the fact that so many people take it so seriously on, on, on what my opinion is. So I, I, I take value in that. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's funny that there's not a coach out there that wants to be number one. <laughs> no, I, and, and they do lobby. And I'll tell you right now, they do lobby. And, I, you know, I, again, we pull back the curtain a little bit. I, yeah, I won't. 
uh, you know, I, I get that, and, and that plays into it a, a little bit, you know. But, uh, yeah, at some point, somebody's got to be number one, though. All right, look for Mike Bradley's uh, power poll coming up probably by Wednesday this week. His picks yeah. will be oh, yeah. uh, up by uh, Thursday morning, and you can find it all at shoresportsmd.com. Uh, any closing comments before we get out of here for this week's podcast? No, just uh, some really good week one matchups. Glad that we're back in action. Uh, gr- great to see some old names back on the sideline. And uh, we've got some interesting week two matchups coming up. But just to get good to be back in the flow of things, be back out on high school campuses. And um, please uh, just uh, email us your thoughts, questions, comments. Mike at shoresportsmd.com and Mark, Mark at shoresportsmd.com. And we, uh, we really uh, look forward to, to getting your feedback and interaction this fall. Uh, no doubt about it. And, of course, listen to 94.3 Winks FM. Don't forget our Overtime Live Kona Ice Tailgate Party coming up this Friday night, starting at 5 o'clock at Colonel Richardson High School. We'll be there for our Preston Ford Game of the Week. Uh, David Wilson, Jr., going to be our guest commentator this Friday. Looking forward to that as well as the Buccaneers roll in to take on the Colonels. For Mike Bradley, I'm Mark Potter saying so long. We'll catch you again next week right here with Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another Time Out soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.